Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back or to the Audit Podcast. We're doing something a little bit different today slash for the rest of the month. So this thing's been going on, this podcast, for nearly three years. In those three years, we've only republished or re-released one episode. That was Norman Marks, and it was because I think it fell on like December 26th and people are just like, yeah, we're not listening to that today. It's the day after Christmas. And so <laughs> to, to shine a light on it again, Norman Marks being considered one of the premier thought leaders in the audit profession, we thought, yeah, we should probably shine a little bit more of a light on that one. So that's the only one that we've done. And after our editor mentioned for like the fourth time, hey, you know, we haven't really republished episodes and that's pretty common in the podcast world. Um, I realized, all right, let's maybe do that in December and uh, do it for the month of December and maybe give our editor a little bit of a break. With that said, we decided to republish some of the most downloaded episodes from the year. Coming in at week number three, we have guest host Anne Butera with her guest, Diana Kowarski, on how empathy can create better audits. Here we go. So welcome to the audit podcast. And you can tell I'm not Trent Russell. No, I'm Anne Anthony-Terra, president of the Whole Person Project. And so glad to be here subbing for Trent. I have the pleasure of announcing my second book is out and it's called Say What? Communicating with, uh, with Tech and, and Impact. And with me today to talk about how to talk techie when you're the technical person talking to the non-technical person, because it's one of the things we cover in the book. But with me today is Diana Kowarski. And I'm so thrilled, Diana, that you're here with us. Uh, Diana is president of the Soft Skills Group, and it is an on-the-job learning boutique firm based in the greater Toronto area in Canada. And through the miracle of technology, we're able to be joined together <laughs> thanks to uh, thanks to Zoom. So welcome, Diana. Thanks, Anne. It's always good to see you and to work with you. Yeah, thank you. I guess I should tell the listeners a little bit more about you, that they should know that you are a senior training and development 
professional with over 20 years of experience in designing and delivering and consulting and facilitating. And you've worked with all sorts of companies, uh, beginning with the large Fortune 500 companies. You, you teach uh, at a university, but you've also worked with universities and, and colleges, and you've worked globally. You're, you're not just in Canada, you're, you're all over. Although probably now a little wings clipped and a little more virtual uh, than, than before maybe. But you were a pioneer in virtual training <laughs> before it became the mainstay, <laughs> thanks to all this COVID. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but let's just jump right in. Let's just, let's just jump right in because what we wanna talk about today is this talking techie when you're the technical person talking to the non-technical person and what advice would you give somebody that's in that situation? Thanks, Anne. And you're right to just jump in because it is a spot. And for many of us as technical people, we have a really strong rapport, perhaps even a well-earned relationship with the data, right? Sometimes we're the one that's tabulated it. We've done the statistical analysis or we've done the regression. We've done whatever it is that needs to be done and it is ours. And so in addition to being of a technical orientation, we often ask that technical person when it comes to communicating, have a pretty high level of intimacy with the information at the same time. And I know for listeners that many who are technical, like our auditors and our IT professionals and so on, are thinking something along the lines of, darn right, that was mine, or my team did that, or we were, we were right to doing it, and so on. Yet from a communications perspective, what I know you and I both have worked around and what I have seen over and over again is that in addition to a technical person having the knowledge of the technical information, it is that intimacy with the information that can make, challenge, make the challenge of communicating to non-technical people that much yeah. more complicated, right? It's another yeah. layer of the onion that needs to be peeled back mm -hmm. in order for our non-technical person to have a level of comprehension that we're looking for. So one of my favorite ways of really equipping and or sometimes arming that technical person is with both a thinking tool as well as a speaking tool. And I want to say that, you know, Anne, I appreciate you very much referring to me as a pioneer, which does make me feel like I belong on the back of a wagon, but that's a different conversation. Um, and I know you're on that wagon with me. <laughs> I haven't thought of it quite that way. You know? <laughs> hope, you, hope you don't have to circle the wagons or that's anything. Right. <laughs> So nonetheless, what, what we have now in our virtual world in particular is, I'd say to you on occasion, a third layer of challenge between us as our technical selves, mm -hmm. so intimate with our own information, whatever that it may be because of our rapport and being entrenched in the technicality, whether it is data driven or whether it is an analysis driven of any sort. And then we're communicating for the most part, either virtually or perhaps in a hybrid environment. So that's the 
third layer that we need to be able to address and to peel back, if you will, so that the non-technical co-worker, that non-technical decision maker, that non-technical executive can have the level of comprehension that we're really looking for. So the thinking tool mm-hmm. and the speaking tool that I offer to many of the groups that I work with is called I, you, we, I. I know it sounds really simple and that's why it works so, so well. So I'll ask you to think about it. This is actually three pronouns. One is repeated twice in a particular order. There's I, there's you, there's we, and then there's I. So what I'll ask everyone to think about is with that template, I, you, we, I, The initial way of using it as a thinking tool is to ask the question around control. And for my technical folks, control at times can be pretty sexy. Um, But when it comes to communication, often we feel a lack of control. And this template allows us to orient our thinking as to where we can leverage the most opportunity to be understood. So if I shine a spotlight, Anne, and take that spotlight and shine it on myself. I, let me ask you, Anne, may I control myself? Do you control yourself? I try. <laughs> I try. I try. So, I yes, the, the opportunity to do so is there yeah. for you, yeah. right? That's where the effort comes in. And I yeah. appreciate your honesty. I, I get you. I completely do. So if I keep that spotlight on self, I can say, well, I have control, perhaps even total control. Mm -hmm. Now, sticking with this template, I'll take that spotlight and I turn it outwards. And now I shine the spotlight, especially as the technical professional that I might be on you, my listener, my audience, my viewer. Remember, especially in our current virtual and Mm -hmm. hybrid work environments, while shining that spotlight on you, let me ask you, Anne, may I control you? Mm. That'd be a little difficult unless I give you, <laughs> unless I let you, you know, I think. Absolutely. And so if we go back, I, I have control. I have dominion there. Now over to you. Well, I have the absence of control. Right. And well, this template then says, I, you, we so think about it take that spotlight and sort of shine it on the horizon if you will because what constitutes a we that's with one e just w e in a conversation whether virtual or in person well i'm part of that we or us and so Mm -hmm. are you so with the lens of control i have some control again And you have some control as we are both in that we together. And then that same template says, return the spotlight to I, where we have control again. I, you, we, I. So IUEI works well for our technical professionals to connect, to build community and to build collaborative relationships with non-technical folks, because it brings in a context where we can see the larger picture 
as well as the parts that each of us play. So it combines the tactical and the strategic. And I'll give you an example. You've all, I mean, I know this, I know you have heard this, I know you have said this, I know many of the folks listening have also been exposed. And what I often ask people to think about is that you have been IUEI'd and you just yeah. didn't realize it. <laughs> <laughs> Something like this. I'm delighted to share with you our Q3 and four results from 2021 you will see the value and how it is that each of us have played a role in this data. We are going to make sure that this data makes sense so that Q1 of 2022 is even better. I want to acknowledge everyone's work and thank you right now. I, you, we, yeah. I. And just like that, you will have people nodding. Yeah. And just like that, you'll yeah. have people coming with you. Just like that. I like to liken it to some version of mind control. And because yes. I've given you what I can about myself, I've yeah. included you in what could be a very alienating piece of information. I've said at some level, in some way, I have figured out how we are in this together. We are yeah. actually on the same side. And this is particularly true when the data can be political, when the mm. data can be controversial, yeah. when the data can be sometimes just a little complicated. <laughs> what I particularly like about that model is I think it's human nature to start with self, you know, I need to say, I need to do, mm -hmm. I'm feeling whatever. What I like about your model is when you got to the you, not only did I feel included, I saw the benefit. I, I you know, I, I, you gave me an inspiration of what, how I would benefit. Yep. And then when you got to the W part, the we, I felt, I did feel that, I did feel that inclusion. I felt that we were, you know, we were together. So I think, it, I think that's neat. I think that's really, really neat. And I'm not surprised that you would have a model like that. I know you have another tool, but I don't, I don't think I told the listeners, I know I didn't tell the listeners that you are also an author and that you have written Soft Skills Volume 1. And then you also, in 20, that was in 2016, so in case they want more tips, they can sure. look for that, that book. But you also had an ebook in 2019, uh, The Soft Seas, that also right. came out. So, uh, so I, I, I just wanted the listeners to know there's probably even more tools out there. But you were going to give us another tool. Hey, everyone. Thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at Audit Board, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. Audit Board's integrated suite of easy to use audit risk and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with Audit Board's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see Audit Board's award-winning platform in action today. 
I, I will, but I want to just make sure that people know, and thanks for those uh, pieces of information, and I do appreciate your support, um, and always happy to, to let people know about the work I've done and the work that you've done as well. So IUEI can be used for good, and I encourage it, but it can also be used, well, perhaps for some information that might be a bit controversial. So for example, I am remarkably unhappy in this relationship. You clearly do not know how to love anyone. We are not going to live together any longer. I've taken the liberty of packing your bags for you. I bring up. Oh, that's, oh, that's like, that's, wow, that's a great use of that. So it doubles in one's personal life too. I love an all-purpose tool. <laughs> so I like that application oh. example because it is a closed loop. Yeah. So what we're looking oh. to do is to have people hear your information. And these are very simple versions that yeah. I'm sure some of your more technically sophisticated listeners would have data or statistics or, you know, particular pieces of information that they would like to convey within the IUEI. Yeah. However, it is a closed loop. And as you suggested, I start on self and then I relinquish the focus. Yeah. And then I recapture it and along the way, bring you in collaboratively as a unique entity yeah. and then put us, whomever we may be, yeah. technical or non-technical, on the same side yeah. of the information. Which I do, I do think that's important, Diana, because I, I as, as you have, I'm, I'm sure as well, when, when you work with people, who, and even I have to say, I'm included in this group. Sometimes I get so close to my work. It's almost like my work is like my children. No, you know, I love all my children. Every data point. I love every data point. <laughs> you know, now I can only, I can only share some data points. Well, which of my children am I not going to share? And I, and I know, okay, maybe, maybe you might think I'm stretching it with the data points are my children, but I think when so much energy goes into the analysis and you know all the and you had mentioned this before, I think that it's hard, I think, to turn that spotlight to the you mm -hmm. and to turn that spotlight to the we mm -hmm. and think that through. And you know, remember that it's not just, you know, all about you know me. So uh, absolutely. And it's that act of empathy. Yeah. It's that act of stretch as a technical yeah. professional that does develop, you know, the muscle memory that yeah. I can hopefully become much more empathetic over time. And, you know, it is a broad brush stroke of generalization, but as technical expertise becomes more technical, well, we become quite siloed. Yeah. yeah both our thinking and in how our time is spent by virtue of the skills that we have and yeah. our competencies, which can alienate us from being able to use language and communicate in a way that is both respectful and at the same time inclusive. So the you piece there yeah. is about making sure that that other person is valuable or indeed invited to the data 
And then that step to the we is making it bigger than just the sum of you and me together, right? So this one yeah. plus your one equals a three when it comes yeah, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no. for me, it's actually the transition between you and we, when I work in groups with technical professionals, how do I get there? We didn't do this. I did this. And we yes. are, well, who is this we? And it can be quite grand. Like we, everyone on the planet will benefit from this. Yeah. yeah. That's not it. That yeah. we needs to be right here. It needs to be localized. Yes. It needs to make sense so that you know what we is a, you are a part of as well as I do. So there's a lot of nuance in those little pronouns that, that the development of empathy in particular, I think can be remarkably valuable and a lovely undercurrent to effective communicating in a whole bunch of different areas. I'm sure you've seen that too. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I think that when you mentioned empathy, I do think that's the magic ingredient or the secret in the secret sauce. Because if you can empathize, if you can stop and say, okay, I need to present to the board of directors or I need to present to my boss or I need to present to the senior management of this area that I've been either reviewing or auditing or consulting with. Where are they coming from? Mm -hmm. You know, what are they interested in? Who are they? The more I can imagine them the more it makes it easier for me, I'm going back to the me, it's all about me, <laughs> for me to say, oh, I want to talk about this data point. That'll be important to them. I, I, I don't need to cover this data point. They already know that. Or, or they won't care about that because they care about this. And I think if you have that empathy that you mentioned, I do think it, it, it helps make that I, you, we, I really come together. Absolutely. Oh, However, sure. I, I haven't really acknowledged your question, which is you want another one, right? You yeah. Want another one. <laughs> I wanted the second one. I did. I did. So let me give you, you that. One. We have That's one. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So, and it's a great segue based on what you've just discussed in terms of empathizing with one's listeners or doing some version of an audience analysis. And it sounds much more complicated than it actually is. So this, the second technique that I like to bring to the technical professionals that I work with, I call it scripting. And what I mean by scripting is a variation and a bit of an elaboration on the themes that you just introduced, Anne, which is those readers of my report, those listeners of my presentation, those attending this meeting when I am speaking to my agenda item or combinations thereof, what is it that they are either reading or listening for that they themselves can use as a script to represent the data? In other words, how is it that, especially as a technical professional in audit or in consulting, et cetera, when I am presenting my data to senior leadership or at the board level, while of course the data needs to be verifiable and reliable, and of course it needs to be accurate. And that's about as far as I can go to yeah. touch on that area because that's not my expertise yeah. whatsoever. But it does need to be made meaningful to those senior decision makers who 
assume that there is accuracy and verifiability and reliability. And that's where those decision makers are both listening and reading that data and listening to those high, highly skilled technical professionals thinking, how do I talk about this? Yeah. yeah. It. What do I say that I can take away from this when I get asked if I'm for it or not? How do I do that without yeah. looking like a fool or perhaps looking even harsher? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea of scripting is how is it, and it's a, a bit of a sophistication to empathy, right? How do I frame my data? How do I frame the content of my slides? How do I frame the information in my report? How do I speak to the information so that I can literally provide the lines like a script so that that listener, that decision maker, that senior leader can take that language, literally take it, yes. ideally verbatim, and yes. then speak it and or champion or represent my data without even knowing what the heck I really do. What that's reminding me of is I'm imagining and it, check me, I'm right on the right track, the scripting tool, writing it so that if someone were using a highlighter, they mm -hmm. might highlight a sentence and they might repeat that sentence as their, as their takeaway. Is that what I you're getting at? In terms of right way. Sure. the key points and what they need to do? Absolutely, absolutely. And I can tell you that it immediately brings back a, 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 an experience that I had as an undergrad who fell asleep while highlighting a textbook and ended up with a green face because the <laughs> highlighter bled all over the book and across my face. Um, so I'm pro-highlighting. <laughs> Not done as old school as that anymore because now we can do it online yeah but that is that's it what is the takeaway what is the yeah. line what is the scripting that we can offer and as an extension of that empathy idea if if you do think of scripting as a gift as an offer well that gift to that decision maker or to that non-technical sponsor potentially it's really in that language yeah that any curiosity or any of the probing in terms of having a higher level of comprehension that's the entry point right many of us as technical professionals are hoping especially in a presentation to get a question about how we derive the variable from the overall product line and looking for a really juicy question and the truth be told, Anne, that a lot of non-technical people are looking at the pretty colors of the graph. And that's not a criticism. Many of us don't have the expertise. That's why there are technical professionals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know what I'm taking away as I'm listening to you? I think there are ramifications then for how we write the script. So I'm imagining that we need to write it in a more everyday language, succinct manner than a sentence. I can't, I cannot imagine highlighting a sentence that would go on for three lines or four lines. I just can't, you know, I just can't imagine that. Uh, I'm thinking pithier. I'm thinking tighter. I'm, you know, that, that's what I'm, I'm, maybe I'm reading into, into the scripting. But that's what I'm that's what I'm taking away from this. Absolutely. And, you know, and my only hesitation in agreeing with you wholeheartedly is that I know that the technical professionals listening 
can feel challenged if suddenly they're being asked to sell or yeah. to market. And yeah. that's not what we're doing because that is, those are skill sets, I assure you, and, and, and they're separate. And asking our technical professionals to also be marketers, business developers, salespeople, that's not effective communication. That's a recipe for, well, a whole bunch of stress, if not many other things. So with the idea of it just being a script rather than a pitch, for example, you're right, there is a brevity there. And it also harkens back and sort of echoes the you in the I, you, we, I. So it's not, you are a great person, you need to do this, you're up, you're down. It's, it's one statement, ideally, it begins with that little pronoun of you. So you could even collapse IUEI and the idea of scripting once you've had a bit of practice and it very easily can then provide some succinct language that potentially if to be repurposed could actually be used from a marketing perspective. But I feel really strongly about not overburdening the communication challenge for our Yeah, team. no. I, I agree with you. I was just thinking that I, I was thinking about specifically certain audit issues that I've seen people try to describe in writing. And sometimes the issue just goes on and on. And, and it's like, wait a minute, what, what, you know, what, what are we really talking about here? No, uh, what's, I, I what's, you know, yep. and I know you only asked me for two and those are two tools, but I do have one thought, if I may, oh, before we move on. And this is, you know, in addition to the work that I do with groups, I, I've been asked to do a great deal of coaching during this COVID era, which I, I'm delighted to do. And I tend to coach at pretty senior levels of authority in a variety of different industries. And a theme that I have been hearing that I, I wanted to bring to our time together right now that might be of value, and that is that until you believe that you have a valid voice at either the virtual or the literal table, no one else will believe that you mm. belong there either. And the act as a technical professional in particular, where you might have some very specific and maybe even you know, niche or unusual knowledge, right? It's not um, common, for example, when we are providing technical information to our non-techies, that there is an equal ratio of techies to non-techies. Yeah. We're usually greatly outnumbered. There's a lot yeah. more of the non-techies, right? Yes. And it can be that we believe that we do not have a valid voice to bring amongst the other individuals who are at the table. And there really is a mindset shift just to, you know, harken back to Carol Dweck's work around growth mindsets. And so far, I think that there's a, a lot of different kinds of mindsets, but the one that I've been working the most on recently with professionals is your voice, whether you are at a senior level or a junior level, whether you're the new auditor on the team and everyone else has 18 years of experience more than you, or you're the only technical person amongst a whole sea of non-technical people, no one has your particular skill set. No one has your competencies. No yeah. one has the data that you bring. And so believing that you are deserving of that seat or that time in that meeting, that it is a valid representation of what you bring to the table, no matter what you bring, 
is just as important as everyone else believing that you belong there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I thank you so much for joining me today, Diana. We could go on and on and on if only we, <laughs> we had all the time to do it. Uh, I know, I'm sure our listeners got so much out of your, your ideas. Uh, folks listening, if you liked what you heard, uh, you can find Diana uh, Korski at www.tssg.ca. And if you're interested in more tools and techniques, please visit my website at www.wholepersonproject.com. And the thought I will leave everyone with today is believe in yourself and others will too. So Diana, thanks for joining me on the audit, uh, the audit podcast today. Wishing you the best, wishing everyone the best. Absolutely. My pleasure. And thanks everybody. And hopefully we can work together again soon. Hey everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the audit podcast, whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review. And it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.